0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the On Track Mind podcast. This is episode seven, and I'm joined by Jack Nixon.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: That's all right. Mm. I mean, it's not like you asked to come on like some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here at Cadwell. Um, had torrential rain today, so your session got mm. messed up a bit. Yeah, How, how's today been so far?
1: Um, well, yeah, like you say, FE2 rain mm. so we had we thought fp1 would be a bit more positive we were lucky enough to get a test here last week um and it was it was positive actually we made a lot of steps in the right direction but when we came out this morning we just didn't have that feeling that we had at the test so um we needed fp2 realistically um we we went out and we had a plan to would go on the used tires for the start and then halfway through would change but obviously the rain came so we didn't quite get to try that so the the time and the position that we sort of were at today are not a true indication, but yeah. it looks like we have made a bit more of a step. So hopefully leaning in tomorrow, I know qualifying is only fifteen minutes, I believe. So um yeah, I think I think I'm looking forward to it. Obviously we've got coops this weekend too, which is yeah. Good for me for sure. Um Pete's been working behind the scenes to get this sorted because obviously there's not many triumphs on the grid. So No. Just uh yeah, like you said, just have a experienced, established rider. To see what it can do mm. which is interesting um and it's good for me to learn off because you know i've been doing this i have been doing this six years now but still compared to him that's nothing so yeah it's nice to see his feedback compared to mine and uh we're actually similar size and stature as well so it's, he's been one of the only riders that i've ever been able to put a similar thing in and it's worked for both of us there's
0: comparables there that you can sort of bounce off and now you're in mm. you know same team and stuff but you yeah. really can
1: mm. yeah definitely so that's been good for me, um, and yeah, he's a nice bloke, so doesn't Always like... helps. Yeah. yeah, I might see if he can give me a tow in qualifying tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, for those of you who don't know, you have made the move to PHR Racing mm-hmm. um, in Supersport because obviously, at the start of the season, you were with McAdam, and then you did the first round, and then mutually departed. Yeah. Um. So coming into this, you know, new team. This is the second round. I believe you've done with them yeah, yeah. that's it so they did thraxham yeah um how how's the team been obviously it's quite like a new mm. situation like you said there's not many tramps on the grid you haven't been on one what how has how have you found it so far
1: um different for sure i mean i'm familiar with the people mm-hmm. um from where i rode of fho last year yeah. so i knew all the people that i was going to be working with um it was put together last minute you know to be honest pete is one of the the good guys of the sport He he's in it for Definitely, the right eh? reasons and he's managed to put this together for me uh mm. make make it happen which you know especially someone else who has got his own race and focus on you wouldn't expect that so um he's been really good in terms of doing that and we actually were a bit more unprepared for thruxton because okay. it, it kind of went came together a bit last minute um i got a call off pete one day it was quite funny actually um, I was on my way to ride mini bikes training okay. up near Newark, and I'd got about ten minutes away. And Pete calls me, and he said, "Oh, do you want to come test the bike?" Because it was already in the pipeline. He oh said, "Do you want to come test the bike?" And I was like, "Oh,
0: when?" Uh... And he went,
1: "Right now." <laughs> oh, and yeah,
0: classic him though to just yeah. drop it on you.
1: Yeah, literally. I I think a lot of people have said that, but yeah. Um. So yeah, I did a quick U turn, drove to Cadwell, um, and rode his bike at the time it was. And when I got here, it was raining, so I <laughs> thought, oh, it might have made a bit of a... Because I had to do so much driving up from Kent as well. Um, mm. But it sort of kick-started there, to be honest. Like I say, it was in the pipeline. And for me, I, it was really important just to get a test on the bike before I raced it at Thruxton. yeah. Um, because, you know, it's difficult, especially when you're away for a while and everyone's already reached their level as such. They're midway through the season. They're with their established teams and they, yeah. they've they've got a base for nearly most tracks. So... For me to ride the bike then it was important and be around people that i know and know how they work that was also good
0: yeah so obviously like you just mentioned you had a long time off Mm. in those couple of months that we had off and how did you find it sort of seeing everyone you know go racing seeing your mates go and then you sat at home thinking that should be me on there like how Mm. how did you find that
1: yeah it's difficult you know you don't You don't really envision yourself in that situation. And I think that's why sometimes it it comes as more of a shock. So there was one of those situations where I hadn't been in it before. So I wasn't quite sure what to do. Because especially where it was, I did the first round and went straight into the second round. And no one's going to be leaving their teams then. So there was no rides available. it's
0: been sorted.
1: Yeah. So it kind of happened at the worst time. And it's frustrating. I think that's Mm. the, the biggest thing just you know when you have things that are out of your control um and yeah it was real difficult and you kind of feel a bit out of place actually when you come back it's strange but um no the team have been really good with me and made me feel settled um obviously like i say i know the people i'm working yeah. with from from last year um and they've been really good and they've kind of just said to me you know what and there's no expectations here because you have been off for uh, five or six rounds
0: i bet that felt so nice for someone to say look we get your situation. We don't expect you to put it on the top step. Okay, yeah, it's minting. It's what you want to mm. do. But I bet it's nice for someone to sit there and just get... We we understand it because there's not many teams that would.
1: No, no, definitely. And I think the thing is for me, it sounds stupid, but I kind of ignore it because I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think as a rider, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, But I've always been particularly bad. And if you ask my mechanics or my crew chief or anything, they, they would say the exact same thing because they know I'm never happy unless... I'm right at the front right and I think that sounds like a silly thing to say because a lot of riders feel like that but for me I'll kind of beat myself up about it and so the the Friday of Thruxton was one of those where you know I could kind of accept oh we're not far off I think I was point nine off which I thought in the grand scheme of things my first day racing on bike it wasn't yeah. too bad but then that puts you straight back into qualifying and you're straight back into that frame of mind where you're like I need to be at the top yeah Um. even if the team is saying you know there's no pressure for this round yeah. just do what you can just um, try and just be smart, really. Um, but it kind of puts yourself straight back in that that same position. Um, which is something that I think I've struggled with in the past. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those. I think the team have been like, I say, really good of me, and I'm appreciative of that.
0: Yeah. So you say you put a lot of pressure on yourself. What? Why do you think that is? Obviously, it's a very big, important sport in a way that you have to be on top of your game at all times. There's mm-hmm. No doubt about that. But do you, is there a reason why I put so much pressure? Did something happen once and he thought, right, I need to buck up my ideas and really go? And you just haven't been able to stop putting, or is it just come over time that you just? I
1: think I think it depends on your character in general for sure, and mm. I've always been a bit like that. Set the bar quite high for myself because mm. that gives me something to work towards. Um,
0: yeah, it's a good way of looking at things. Yeah,
1: I think it's nice to have a bit of ambition and try and almost like picture where you want to be. Yeah. Um, because if you can picture that, obviously it motivates you more, and it's one of those sports where, you know, a lot of well, eighty percent of it actually goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. So you have you have these long breaks at BSB. We only have eleven rounds this year, so um, you have these long breaks and where you're working at, it and you have the winter where you're doing everything, and you kind of. Uh, you go out with that mindset every day that like if you're training every day you you go out the mindset that i'm doing this to win yeah and you know i think if you build up that idea in your head then anything below that is uh it just doesn't seem as good and Mm. it's one of those really i think once you you sort of get that sort of taste and you you know what it feels like to win you just keep chasing that feeling and you won't be happy until you get it kind of yeah
0: so jumping back how did you get into racing? So how did you get to the point you are now?
1: Um yeah, so with a lot obviously like a lot of other people in the sport it's it's more of a family thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um my dad actually when he was about 15 pretty much left school I think that was the thing to do then. Um <laughs> yeah. he went and worked in a bike shop and um he started racing himself, you know, he he went years, to be honest he did and then a lot of side cars oh, okay um, to the point where he actually smashed himself up with the tt which is not good but um
0: what year was that uh,
1: it was i think it was 1987 so it was a long time ago
0: before you were born.
1: Yeah, yeah a long time before i was about but um no he did that and he also all his friends were racing involved so right. i grew up from the moment i grew up I didn't do any other sports. That's all I wanted to do. I was around bikes and I wasn't interested in like football, for instance. No. Um, which I just I, wanted to ride bikes.
0: Which I think is quite hard because we both live in Kent and there's not a lot around for bikes. Like I had a motocross bike and I had to go find some random fields yeah. before someone shouted at me to get off of it. <laughs> like, How did you find that? Because like, I find, especially in the south, you come up here and there's everything you could ask for, but how did mm. you find trying to get those opportunities? Because football's the thing to do where we're from, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean how do yeah. you find ways to get around that? And
1: I think it's easy to fall into that trap, like you say. Where it's such a niche sport as well. But mm. I actually there was a track near me called Selinge Selinge MX, which was fifteen minutes away. And yeah, I, I'm to a,
0: work out...
1: Yeah, that yeah, was the no. first track that, I, that I'd ever ridden that, and uh, it's actually closed down now. Mm. Um, but at the time, I think they'd do like maybe two Sundays a month. Oh, okay and we'd go there and just ride bikes in fields and everything but like you say it is difficult especially when you're tucked right in the corner of the country um you usually have to travel and it was one of those where like I say with it being a family thing I've had that commitment from my mum and my dad where they sort Mm. of you know it was almost expected that every weekend we'd pack the van and we'd go maybe have to drive to Essex or somewhere or over the Dartford tunnel which is only in the grand scheme of things it's only an hour and a bit but you know, it's, it's that, still
0: a commitment and a big thing, you know, like they, can't, you know, they want to help you out, but they have other things they might want to do, but they can't yeah. and they want to give it to you. So. Yeah, exactly.
1: It, it takes that, that sacrifice. Um, mm. So I found myself doing that every weekend for a lot of years of my life, really, with my dad, Um. Mm. which is good because it's it's kept us close together. And, you know, it's something that we both enjoy. Um. Not, not all the time, of course. <laughs> we, we've had our fair share of arguments through it, but at the same time, it's one of those. Yeah. He was always willing to sort of take the extra step and do what he thought was best for me.
0: Yeah. So he did he sort of let you make your mistakes and then help you fix them, or was he like, right, we're gonna was he sort of quite hard on you to do the best you can straight away?
1: You know, he's actually I always complain about it to him now. Um I wish (laughs) he was way harder on me. Really? Because he was too laid back. Um I think where he came from the racing sort of lifestyle before he knew that a lot of pressure on a young kid is not, not good. Not
0: like the motocross dads who were no. like
1: taking so with their
0: bikes and and flipping yeah. up on them.
1: You'd see, you'd see like he was the opposite end of the spectrum to a, a motocross dad as yeah. you call it. Um, which is quite funny because he was always just one of those, like, it doesn't matter where I finished, he, he would just be like, well, as long as you're enjoying it, that's why we do it. Um, you tried,
0: you're enjoying it. Cool. Yeah,
1: so he would never, he would never give me too much criticism. It would actually be rare if he did. Um, and he always he makes me laugh because I say to him now, like, Go and spot me, like, go and tell me what I can do better. And yeah. he always just says, Oh well, you're faster than I was, so why <laughs> should I tell you? But um no, he's always been good, like real pressure free in that in that I do like I say wish he would have been a bit harder and told me sometimes, right, you need to do this and made me think about it a little bit more. Mm. Um but overall he's been real pressure free, which is kind of what you'd want yeah from from a parent.
0: Yeah, so I not what I was going to say now. So when you were sort of getting into it, like mini bikes and all of this, mm. did you think, I want to go race and I want to be a champion? Did you ever think that? Or were you just like, this is fun?
1: Um, I think, to be honest, at the start, right at the very beginning, you sort of, you don't you don't really think about the racing side of things. And I remember actually like the racing being a big step because I think my dad's, said uh, you know this is something if this is something you want to do let's take it like seriously but also I remember him buying me maybe like a, a pair of goggles being like oh well done like because it was my first race and um at that point it was just like completely fun because we didn't know if I would be good yeah you you turn up and I think my first race I I know I remember being in the top 10 but nothing special mm. you know so we turned up but then the year after that I remember instantly like there's only school with my school with motocross but yeah. it's like you you fight for a wins and a championship and, oh, that, yeah. and that's when you realize actually yeah i do i do want to win and i i, I do it more for not more for but like also the competitive aspect rather yeah. than just the the fun side of things
0: so how do you find because i find there's a there's a split in the paddock those who started in school with motocross and then those who kind of went to time tarmac quite young and wanted to go straight on it like how do you find that you starting a motocross has benefited your riding now do you think there is a
1: benefit i think there's definitely a benefit you know um there has to be surely i I mean sometimes in the wet i think it helps for sure yeah because you're a bit more used to the bike like sliding a little bit and there's a few things like that you just kind of you feel a bit more under control Mm -hmm. rather when you come from mini motors and stuff they you don't get i can't imagine you get much feedback from them so it's uh, it's one of those where also one thing that I did realise when I came from motocross to road racing that it felt very, like, easy in terms of, like, physicality. Okay. And, well, now I'm on a bigger bike. It's not quite as similar. Um, But I remember that being the first thing I thought instantly is how easy it was to do, like, mm. on, on your body compared to motocross because the, it's one of those sports where motocross is, like, if you can stay healthy, that's almost like a big right. goal for people because it's... um. It's just so tough on your body, and it's one of those those sports yeah. where you you constantly it's so easy to get injured. And I know it's the same road racing, but also I think that helped me a lot in the fact that in the last years of motocross where I was doing British Championship and stuff, I yeah. made the transition and I was I had that fitness behind me. Yeah, I think that helped a lot.
0: So you made the so did you go straight from motocross to British Championship, or did you do some club racing in between like what was that?
1: So I remember our plan was we had a super team bike. Um, mm. actually, which was my cousin's, which I did my licence day on. Um, but then they changed the super team format, so they brought in a different bike, and yeah. we saw the KTM 390 Cup, which ran with BSB. Yeah. Um, which was like, it was like a club level, almost, mm. but and it was cheap, but it was at BSB. And that worked really well, because my brother raced at BSB at the time, so it meant my dad didn't have to stretch across two, two different places, because um, there was always be weekends and they would clash. Um, so we went straight to BSB, which I think really benefited me because we learned all the tracks like first few years. Yeah. And to the point where also it's just being around the right people. You, you start to learn people, uh, not learn people, sorry. You start to learn what's going on in yeah. the paddock. And you start to know people. You start to meet everyone. and it, I feel like that's stand me, like stood me in good stead.
0: Like any feedback you can get, you know, just a quick conversation would really propel you in the right direction. If someone goes, yeah, I found if you go sort of take it that way, then it'll be different. You, do mm. you know what I mean? It's just learn the different things.
1: Yeah, and no, I remember being a bit, like, intimidated almost the first time I came to be. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like I'd put myself right in the deep end because I was wearing, like, borrowed helmet, borrowed leathers, boots, everything. But at least um, you didn't
0: turn up and everyone was like, all the gear and no idea. Do you know what I yeah, mean? You weren't yeah, going, like, fast. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, it, it kind of, it was one of those. It was quite funny. You'd have all the, the people that came up from metric kits and other things, and I sort of turned up novice bib, like I say, borrowed everything. Um, and... There was no there was no pressure, but it felt like there, it had way more seriousness to it compared to any of the motocross racing I'd ever done.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the atmosphere sort of changes, like, oh, uh, hmm. a bit different. Yeah,
1: like, it's really happening now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you said your brother was <coughs> racing.
1: Hmm.
0: How did you find – so when he was racing and he was sort of coming up, did you think well, – but almost compare yourself to him at any point? Did you sit there and think, oh, he's doing that, so I need to? Or were you sort of quite separate and helped each other? He Um, helped you.
1: We were quite separate in a way. I mean, he had helped me a bit, but um, I think one thing that was really good that my brother went through the system first is that my dad learned a lot with him. Right. So when it came to when he came to work with me and we were learning things together, he already had like a bit of a step up, Mm. Um, and I think that helped a lot because it just gave me a head start. And he already knew how BSB works. He already knew like what you kind of needed to do, and also where he raced when he was well when it was like 80s 90s yeah it kind of um taught him the modern way of racing because okay. it, it changed a lot obviously in the yeah the attitudes years. and yeah how you
0: handle certain situations
1: yeah exactly and i think that helped a lot so it was good to see that and also it was it was like a good family thing to do because we had our own team together we had the audience together and obviously if i needed tips from him he would and he actually rode my bike in spain one year and crashed it trying to go faster than me which is quite funny <laughs> um
0: But you've never let him live that down. No, we do
1: laugh about it sometimes. It's uh yeah. I can't forget that moment.
0: So you went into British Talent Cup, am Mm. I right? Yeah. So how long were you in there for?
1: So I did that for two years and that was in the the DAWNA format, so the original format. Um and then moved on to a six hundred after that.
0: So how did you find the transition from talent cup to six hundred? Like, do you remember that time where you were sort of thinking okay well i knew it was like coming into the british talent cup now i'm moving up did you sort of think shit i thought that was serious now this is like yeah. what what was going through your mind like if you can kind of remember
1: well one thing with the the talent cup back then is where it was dawn it was very serious already so it kind mm. of had that feeling to it um but it was almost like coming to a crossroads where it's like do you go to spain at this point on the moto three right. or do you take that 600 route and obviously if you're looking at it from a financial like aspect yeah the the 600 route made sense um so we did that and fortunately my sponsors supported me and helped me through um but I actually found surprisingly that the transition was quite good um I've always been like a smaller rider as well but I think my style of riding suited the 600 and I remember being quite fast instantly um so the thought of it was more daunting than the actual doing of it um I remember our first test out in Spain I think it was in Almeria, which is in 2020 just for covid and uh i remember straight away i felt quite comfortable because the bike was so much more forgiving Mm. um the chassis was a lot less stiff and it you could kind of get just get away with a lot more um Mm. so i think i transitioned actually really well yeah Mm.
0: okay so there's one video of once you've won the championship Mm. jake dixon coming over to you and you two Mm. just celebrating now you two are very close how do you think that your relationship with him has helped you in in racing like mm. you know he he's done bsb and now you know as you've worked up he's like well when i was at this track blah blah so how does that work for you and how does it help
1: i think um jake's had a big influence for sure um mm. a lot of things that you wouldn't see like the training side of things he sort of has taught me how to do that. Okay. Sometimes not the best because <laughs> he doesn't mind overtraining, but um and I'm sure he'll admit that. But he we became a lot closer as well back in I think around twenty twenty, just oh. around COVID timing. Yeah. So when I got on the six hundred and um after COVID had happened, I remember he would just invite me to his house for like three or two weeks at a time. Like <laughs> I spent a lot of time up there. Mm. Um and we we went riding together, we trained together which was difficult for sure because I remember I didn't really train back then because I was a bit younger, I didn't really know exactly how it worked and it went from one opposite to the other. So I remember being tired for a long time, but he he's helped a lot for sure because, you know, he'll tell me it's straight. I think that's the most important thing with him. He, right, he's yeah. not the type of person to beat around the bush. He will just tell me it's straight. If he thinks I'm not doing good enough, he'll tell me. And uh, I think that's kind of, like I say, finds like a middle ground with how my dad was
0: okay so it sort of fills in the gaps of like the constructive criticism and then you got the support and the care yeah so you've got both, best of both worlds well.
1: yeah yeah definitely and I think um like I say sometimes being chucked in the deep end is good and I think that's what we did with the training especially okay um so I almost remember going on it was almost like a training camp for me really um when Jake was at Patronus and obviously we'd just come out of COVID just come out of lockdown yeah and we we rode nearly every day, mini bikes. Um, we cycled a lot, we did a lot of running, a lot of gym work, we did a bit of everything really. Um so I got like an insight in what it's like to be a professional rider. And I think as well that kind of spurred me on. It said it kinda of confirmed this is what I want to do. Mm. Um and he's helped me a lot in that sense. He's had a lot of had a lot of influence the year I won the championship, which was good. Obviously, like you say with the video mm. um he was a massive part of it, although you wouldn't see because he's yeah. doing his own thing as well but like just having someone to train with as well and having someone to bounce off and learn off is uh i think it's really positive for me mm.
0: so i said like you hadn't done a lot of training before because you were young and didn't really understand the importance of it mm. so once you'd started that process how has your mindset that now changed where you have thought right this really does make difference how has your mindset changed over that time
1: I think um, for me I like structure and I think that mm-hmm. helps a lot because it gives me an opportunity to know that I'm prepared and obviously in racing what people who don't race understand is a lot of it is mental Yes. and yeah. to have another mental edge where you know at the end of this race I will be strong there's no question mark over it and also it's just kind of like training your mind to, to be used to almost being uncomfortable in a sense. Okay. Um, If you take yourself out every day and you say, you tell yourself, right, I'm going to train today and you wake up and it's raining, you still have to train. Yeah. And I think doing that kind of thing and working in that way, it, it gives you no outs. So you mm. have to constantly show up and keep doing it. And I think you can apply that. I felt that same feeling a lot in races where, you know, the setup might not be exactly where I want it to be. But it's kind of, it's made me realise, you know, I need to adapt in this moment. And right. It's made me think clearer because i 'm fitter, and also it's one of those things where, like I say it's changed your mind to you kind of just have to push past that mm. and it's um it's really helped me in a lot of lot of races for sure
0: has mm. there ever been a time where you sort of thought it's not worth it
1: um no i wouldn't I wouldn't say so i, I mean i 've had you always have the few dramatic moments. Yeah. that Us riders, uh, yeah, real dramatic. Coming through your
0: helmet across the orange. Like, I'm not fucking doing this. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't know about my dad would have gone mental <laughs> if I did that. But I think uh, there was actually one moment um, that stands out for me in 2017. So it was okay. my second year on tarmac. Yeah. And I, so I haven't
0: been. You haven't been on tarmac long then.
1: Not too long, but I remember that year it got serious real quick because mm. in 2016 when I started, I I ended up winning the race in my first year and it kind of was like a surprise um went into next year fought for the championship with uh one of my good mates now fenton seabright and um oh, i yeah we went into the final round level on points yeah and i was in the lead and crashed and lost the championship <laughs> that way so that was a bit of a hit for me and then i remember we went to on the monday morning after brands we flew to the rebel rookie selection event and that went wrong and then after that we went to hareth for the ktm cup world Finals.
0: Don't tell me that went wrong.
1: Well, I qualified on pole, which was nice. That
0: was not positive. Yeah, at yeah. Jareth,
1: uh, It was Hareth World Superbike, qualified on pole. Um, supposedly won the first race. So it was a photo finish that I, had, I was in first, and then uh, they ended up putting me to second on the podium. So I was like, okay, we can deal with this. And I remember leading the second race and crashed again. And I remember in that <laughs> moment, in that moment, I was a bit dramatic and... Uh, I remember being in the back of the hire high car, high car like I was in the right mess.
0: How old were you at that point? Uh, 16
1: 17? So 16. you would have
0: properly lost it then. Yeah, I age. lost it
1: because I, it, was all, it was stretched over one week, obviously. Mm. From Sunday to Sunday, three things had happened in that time.
0: Chaos had happened. Yeah, chaos. Yeah.
1: And I'd, I'd had no time to process it, and I was, like, I was a bit younger as well. Um, I'm not the most like, angry character, but that got me real bad. And I remember Jeremy McWilliams actually was an ambassador for the series i remember him coming into the back of the hire car and just saying look you know like it'll be all right this is not going to define your career and because uh, i was being all dramatic but um i think for me that was the only time where i was like dad i'm gonna quit but what within... was your dad
0: like was your dad like well if you want to or was he like nah we spent too much money on this at this point like what was he like
1: well he literally was like look if that's what you want to do oh, you know, enjoy no. it." and i was like no this is the wrong thing to say wrong thing to say but um did
0: you realize in that time it's like he shouldn't have said that or was, or was it?
1: No, because you know, like I, like I was saying about the the low pressure thing. I think he was just trying to go with what I, wherever I was saying, and um, it only lasts about an hour. <laughs> so after that, I remember. meltdown.
0: You're like, oh, it's actually not that deep.
1: Yeah. So once I'd had, once I'd had my little moment, um, I'd, I I realised no, I want to keep going. Obviously, it was hard to take, but it's kind of one of those things you're going to have that in your career, aren't you?
0: Yeah. So in 2021 you became you became a british champion how did that feel after that year and you worked your ass off and you finally got it like was it almost like is that it or was it like oh thank fuck i've done that like what how was your mindset when you had done finally done it
1: um, you got
0: those t-shirts on and everyone's like yeah. well done like what
1: was it i think uh for one thing there was a small bit of relief because the day before i'd actually broken down mm.
0: um
1: which made it so close. So I, I was... remember watching, I was like,
0: oh shit, mm, oh shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, which isn't, it wasn't good, so, um, but obviously that's part of motorsport, it does it's good, happen.
0: It's good spectators.
1: It was, it was It was good, <laughs> it was good for the spectators, but I felt a bit of relief for sure. Mm. A lot of it's a blur because, you know, with, So
0: full of adrenaline. Like. Yeah,
1: and like you say, with a character like Jake, he does go mental. So all I remember is a lot of shouting, Um and... Yeah, it was it was good to... I had some of my mates, I remember, come down as well um, that evening and obviously had the end of year party, which is nice. So we had that and then the day after I was severely hungover. Got any so stories
0: you want to share from that party?
1: Not that I can remember, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the problem. So, no, it was good. It was, you'd have to say, best day of my life so far. Yeah. Mm, sure.
0: So obviously after that, you had ho. Was she just like, right? I've seen you've won. Come with me, kind of thing.
1: Um, no, it was actually oh. way more complicated to be honest. Oh. <laughs> um, so the thing that not many people would know is that I'd actually signed for another team. Oh. Um, really? I tested another bike, signed for another Who'd team. Who did
0: you sign
1: Uh Prilia, with Ian Newton. With I'd ridden his bike, um, and oh. then it came a point where my sponsor actually arranged with Fay. Um, I think it was about two days before Christmas, so it was late, late on
0: happy um, christmas
1: to you i know it was good so i had to unfortunately i had to let ian down um but he, he understood he took it well he knew how racing works um but my sponsor at the time that's uh something he wanted to do he wanted to put me there and kind of you know he'd built me up to this point where he'd, he'd mm. put me on this level and now i'd achieve something um and he kind of wanted to at that point he understood i knew i need to be with the team mm. so he kind of wanted to put me with someone that he could trust and then just like watch from afar that you
0: um, do your own thing from there he's he's there's only so much he can give you yeah, you know you've got yeah, to learn to yeah, take for yourself kind of thing uh
1: not so much as well but just push me in the right direction yeah I think. um so like i said i had that uh phone call i think it was the 20 23rd of december and i was actually at um my good friend rory skinner's house at the time oh, yeah. in scotland um about to fly home and I got the call and um, had Christmas. And then the 27th of December, I was at lunch with Faye and my sponsor and Stuart Higgs, which is so it all happened real quick out of nowhere.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um, Which was for me at the time, like it was all exciting because I'd never been with a team like that before oh and it was a soup bike team. Mm. Um, so almost again, like chucking myself in the deep end mm. a bit, but a um, bit of a it's slow a process. Day. Yeah.
0: Mm. So when you had... Obviously, you know your sponsor wanted to put you with Feyo, and that's what happened. But do you ever sit and think, what, what if I'd stayed with have, have you ever had that moment where you thought, what could have been there? Or
1: if yeah, I think that's got an interesting one, isn't it? It's uh,
0: I'm full of great questions.
1: Yeah, clearly, <laughs> no, I've um... <laughs> I've um, it's crossed my mind for sure. Mm. But I think you you can't really think in hindsight in a sport like this. You can't think what if. Yeah. Um. Because obviously last year, yeah, I had good moments, but overall it didn't go to plan for me. Um. Mm. So I try not to beat myself up and think, oh, what could have happened if I did this? Yeah. Um. I think it would have been. I mean, the team in the at Aprilia was also good. Um. And I, I enjoyed working with them for the day that I did. Um. And the bike was just so different. The characteristics of the bike were very mm, different. So
0: that's what Tom Ward. Was mm. said to me. He yeah, said it was just such a shock, <coughs> like getting like jumping on that bike. He was like, "This is this is different." Yeah,
1: like, it was also it had no it had BSB spec electronics, so yeah, yeah, um, which is one of those things that you know I think it probably would have been a bit easier for me because I'd never used traction control or anti wheelie mm. or rider aid. So when I got on the BMW, it took a bit to uh, you know it's your brain doesn't want you to go flat out straight away on the side of the yeah. tyre and let the electronics do the work so I think it takes a little bit for your brain to adapt and understand that you can give actually it the do trust yeah like, and understand that's how you have to ride it whereas the Aprilia was different in that sense so yeah. um, I think it would have maybe sent my style in a different way mm. um, but it's hard to say isn't it it's, it's almost impossible
0: yeah so obviously going into a big factory supported team like AO's got tons of money it's no secret <laughs> what did you find that you put you already said you put pressure on yourself did you think shit there's a lot riding on this um I really need to perform here otherwise (laughs) I'm gonna be blacklisted from like what you know it's a much bigger team at this point like what was going through your head
1: um I mean the expectations I set myself kind of matched up higher than what the team wanted from me Mm. um the team were real good and I gelled them quite quickly straight away it was good that I had that that opportunity to meet Faye outside of racing. Yeah. Um and have a good chat with her. And, you know, she did say obviously I expect certain things of you. Which I I, I knew would happen anyway. But Faye was really good with me. Um yeah, we we get on really well. And you know, she never there was never a time where she said to me, I I want you to do this differently or or anything. She was real pressure free. And I think that was nice for me being a rookie as well. Um same with the rest of the team you mm. know obviously you've got as a team manager and uh he was just constantly taking the piss out of me so
0: yeah, makes yeah.
1: Sense. and i actually work with his son leon now so yeah. um yeah he's a bit of a different character but it's uh no we have we have good fun
0: yeah so you, you sort of felt like you settled in quite easily
1: yeah definitely i think um like uh we mentioned earlier with people like pete he was quite welcoming into the team mm. um And I remember the first time I went up to the workshop, that was probably the the time that it got real for me Mm. um, because everyone was there, all the riders were there other than Alex. Um, So it was me, Pete and Ryan and that was the first time that I went to the workshop and um, I remember I couldn't even, I hadn't even passed my test at that stage either. So I went up with my dad and it was um, four hours, four and a half hours from my house. So that was the first moment where I was like, well, this is like really, you know, this is like, bigger than what we've done before yeah um I need to step up I knew I'd, I worked hard already but I was like I need to make this happen mm. um but it, it was good to go and see obviously the riders meet the riders meet the whole team on that first day because it gave me a bit of knowing what to expect if that makes sense
0: yeah you, you could sort of get a glimpse of how they work together and how you could almost slot in
1: yeah and there's actually there was a picture i remember i put it on my instagram in in the like the announcement and it was actually pete showing me through the dash showing me what all the buttons do on the stock bike mm. so you know he especially made me feel quite welcome from the off Ryan was new as well so he was in the same position as me yeah but pete kind of uh no he was welcoming obviously Faye was as well yeah das and uh I, I think it was one of those where it could have been a high pressure situation, but they were really good with me.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so much taken, I've actually just blanked.
1: <laughs> Struggling.
0: No, I am. It's been a long day. So obviously like we said, parted ways with FHO. They went with McAdam and then obviously everything happened and now you're with Hickman's team. Yeah. How do you feel moving forward? Obviously, we've only got a few rounds left, but how do you feel moving forward with the Triumph? Because it is, like, new to you.
1: Yeah, I think um, I feel good for sure. It's one of those, that especially on Pete's side of things, they've not had much of a chance to develop it on the short circuits because he uses it for the roads. Yeah. Um, But it's also very different to the R6 in every way. Yeah. Its characteristics are completely different. So I understood straight away that, I needed to ride it differently to make the best of it um, like you do with all different bikes. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of suited me in a way because I found that you had to ride it closer to how you would a thousand um, because it's fast, the engine's strong, it's 7.65. Um, and to be honest, we've made big progress since we got on it. So yeah. I think if we can sort of keep that upwards trajectory up until the end of the season, we could be nearer to where we need to be. Obviously now we're hovering around top 10. Yeah. And that's okay but consider
0: it's a new it's a new team for you yes you know everyone mm. but it is a new environment to go into It's mm. that's
1: yeah amazing. like I say it is different but at the same time it's one of those where you set those standards for yourself and I can't I struggle to look by that sometimes mm. um so you're always chasing a little bit more uh but I think we could we could definitely make some positive steps in the the next four rounds or three rounds including this
0: one wow what's he what Pete like as a as a team boss
1: laid back (laughs) laid back but at the same time gets the job done
0: oh oh he always does yeah
1: yeah gets gets the job done in terms of you know like he's been good with finding external sponsors um he's got support from places that links that I wouldn't have known of um he's been really good at that and yeah he's just chilled out really I mean you don't even see him as much as a team boss but almost as like a mate
0: As a mate he's giving you a helping hand It's like jump on my bike for yeah, yeah
1: yeah and it's good to bounce off him and I think realistically it can only help him getting more knowledge from the bike and other riders to ride it because yeah he has to ride it in the northwest TT and all the roads
0: yeah have he ever asked if you do the TT or when he rides
1: no. But would you? The answer would be no. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, Not for me.
0: What, just because, what, the danger element, or you just you don't think it would work style-wise?
1: I think, for me, I'm one of those riders that I, I enjoy the GP tracks more, mm. and that's kind of where I feel more at home. Um, And seeing my dad smashed up still to this day
0: well, yeah. is a good
1: reminder why you shouldn't do the CT, obviously. If you look at Pete, he's had so much success there, but you kind of look at it. I I went there last year when I was with FHO and I looked at it and thought that just confirms how much I I don't want to do the TT when they're passing by about a foot from the bush by your legs. Mm. Um, So yeah, I think I'll have to give that one a miss, but I I have a lot of respect for him for what he does there and all the riders.
0: Yeah. So one question i always ask my guests on the podcast is if you had to give one piece of advice to a certain group of people what would you say and if you i'm just gonna i'm gonna say there is someone whether it's next season and they're sat at home and they're thinking i don't have a ride or i don't know what i'm gonna do what advice would you give them if they're waiting to have something or something's fallen through
1: um i'd say particularly don't take racing for granted Mm. even if it's not going great and you're not getting the exact results you want to be like it's all a process um it's one of those where you might not always come away from a weekend feeling happy Mm. and the best part about the weekend is getting mcdonald's on the way home (laughs) (laughs) um, no it's uh one of those that you don't realize how much you enjoy and how much you love it until you're not doing it and you have to watch everyone else um, I think, for me, that was the main thing. You have to be patient as well. Um, Like I said, I've I've had a, a few opportunities that I could have done before it came about with Pete and PHR, um, but they didn't feel 100% right for me. Mm. And I think you can't rush at these things, you know. Like, sometimes if you get on a bike that might be a bit inferior to others, you're not going to look good. And realistically, I may have won a championship in 2021, but that was almost two years ago now. And yeah. you're only as good as your last race. And that is the harsh that's reality. That's so true, yeah. It's the harsh reality. So you need to make sure you're on the right bike. I think for sure you can't do it half heartedly and don't take it for granted.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's good. That was like inspirational. That it? was
0: yeah. Do you know what? It should be me giving pep talks, but no, I'll just yeah. I'll just leave it to
1: you. No, oh, I, I thought that was good for myself. Yeah,
0: actually. you should be really proud of that. again yeah. on a shirt. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're probably wanting to crash before the rest of the race weekend um yeah no thank you for your time Mm. thank you guys for listening and watching make sure you follow subscribe all that good stuff and i'll catch up with you in the next one